Next chapter twenty one. And the text for this evening. And our subject, the courageous Christian. Verse thirteen. Acts twenty one and verse thirteen. Then Paul answered, What mean ye to weep? And to break mine heart. For I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. That was indeed a wonderful day while making his way to Damascus, Saul of Tarsus met the Lord and certainly the Lord met him halted him in his tracks there and then he was converted and his life was changed dramatically from spending his time and efforts persecuting God's people hunting down Christians and seeing them imprisoned now Paul himself became one who was persecuted he became a persecuted Christian and the Lord had revealed to him through one disciple Ananias that this Saul of Tarsus this Paul the Apostle was a chosen vessel unto the Lord and the Lord told Ananias he said I will show him I will show this Saul of Tarsus how great things great things he must suffer for my name's sake Acts 9 verse 16 how great things he must suffer for my name's sake and here we see that from the day of his persecution, from the day of his conversion, Paul began to walk in the footsteps of the Savior. That's right. Because if Paul was to suffer as a Christian, most certainly the Lord Jesus suffered as the Son of God. For the Savior said in Mark 8 verse 31 the Son of Man must suffer many things. That's what the Lord said about Saul. I will show him how great things he must suffer. And so as Christ must suffer so Paul must suffer. The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. But just as Christ must suffer, so Paul must suffer. And knowing that he was a chosen vessel unto the Lord, 
and we'd be called upon to suffer many things he would certainly need to, to know much of God's grace much of God's grace whenever he would be called upon to suffer many things and in our study of Paul's life we have already noted how Paul indeed did suffer many many things beaten and stoned and imprisoned and shipwrecked all for the cause of Christ he, he would need to be strong and very courageous was not what the Lord, the Lord demanded of Joshua when Joshua took the place of Moses and became Israel's leader the Lord told him to be strong and very courageous Joshua 1 verse 7 to be obedient to all the will of God to live for the Lord to serve the Lord he and we and Paul need to be strong and very courageous and so just as Paul needed to be and you and I need to be as Christians and we want to live for the Lord we're not going to suffer what Paul suffered but nevertheless we still need to be strong and courageous we need to be courageous Christians to live for the Lord in this wicked vile unclean world to take our stand for Christ not to give in to the ways of the world we need to be courageous and here we have Paul giving us an example of what it is to be a courageous Christian so as we look at these words of our text verse 13 and Paul answered what mean ye to weep and to break mine heart for I am ready not to be bound only bound means to be chained and imprisoned I am ready not to be bound only not to be imprisoned only but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus here we have first of all the warning for Paul the warning for Paul the apostle was making his way to Jerusalem while it was his desire there to testify the gospel of the grace of God that was his desire Acts 19 verse 24 and Paul knew of what he would face there look at chapter 19 again there in verse 22 sorry chapter 20 and verse 22 and now behold I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem listen not knowing the things 
that shall befall me there now he knew that certain things would happen to him at Jerusalem but we read he said I now go bound in the spirit I'm determined to go whatever happens look at the next verse saying that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city saying that bonds and afflictions abide me but none of these things move me neither kind I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God and so here Paul says that he did not know what bonds and afflictions abide me those two words abide me those words mean wait for me and so Paul says that he wasn't sure about what bonds and afflictions awaited him but he knew that trouble was waiting for him when he would get to Jerusalem now he receives if you like confirmation confirmation of what he knew would take place when he would get to Jerusalem here we notice first of all the grace the grace of a certain prophet while he was there and those who accompanied him they were in Caesarea lodging in the house of Philip the Evangelist he received a visitor look at verse 10 and 11 while and as we tarried there many days there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus and when he was come unto us he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet and said thus said the Holy Ghost mark that thus said the Holy Ghost so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles you notice that Agabus the prophet speaking by the Holy Ghost told Paul what awaited him but you notice he didn't try to dissuade him he didn't tell him Paul don't go because Agabus knew the will of God for Paul's life he spoke according to the Holy Ghost and this shows that Agabus cared about Paul he had a love for Paul he just wanted to tell him just to warn him what to expect when he got to Jerusalem 
Remember, he's a prophet. And isn't that what you would expect from a faithful prophet and from a faithful preacher? He will sound out warnings. Why? Because he has a love for souls. Whenever the preacher warns the sinner to flee from the wrath of God to come, he sends out that warning. Why? Because he has a love for the sinner. He wants the sinner to flee from the wrath of God to come. When he signs such warnings in the ears of sinner, it's not a sign that he hates the sinner. It's a sign and it's an evidence of his love for sinners. He's faithful in declaring the warning. And when he warns the sinner that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. When those words come from the lips of a preacher to sinners, they're sent with love. Because the, the, the preacher doesn't want the sinner to perish. The preacher doesn't want the sinner to be lost. And so he signs the warning. I know of sinners have said, who does he think he is? Who does he think he is speaking to us like that? Well, the preacher that signs out the warning to sinners, they're sent out with love. Because the preacher doesn't want the sinner to be lost. Likewise, when the preacher speaks a word of warning to Christians, as Paul did in Galatians 5 and verse 1, Paul said to the believers, Be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Don't get tangled up again in the things that you used to do and the way you used to live before you became believers. Don't get entangled. Why does the preacher say that? Because he loves the believer. And he wants to see the believer go on with God. And live a life of holiness for the Lord. Again, 2 Timothy 2 verse 4. Paul said, No man that warreth entangleth with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who had chosen him to be a soldier. That's a warning that Paul gave to Timothy and telling him don't get entangled with the affairs of this life. Live for God. And Paul sent out that warning to Timothy. Why? Because he loved Timothy. The son of the faith. He wanted Timothy to live for God and not get caught up in the affairs of this world. Live a holy life. Live for God. Live out and out for the Lord. And obviously, Agabus, 
the prophet had a love for Paul and that's what brought him to the house of Philip the evangelist just simply to warn Paul about what awaited him in Jerusalem and why did he come so far and why did he come with a warning why because he, he loved Paul as well as the grace the grace of Agabus we have the grief that is the grief that Paul may, may expect when he would arrive in Jerusalem verse 11 and when he was came unto us he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet and said unto him thus saith the Holy Ghost so shall the Jews at Jerusalem find the man that owneth this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles that was what we might say an unusual way to show Paul what he could expect when he arrived at Jerusalem but that was a common way that the Old Testament prophets used to warn men and women of coming events or coming judgments turn to Jeremiah please Jeremiah the chapter 13 Jeremiah 13 now we read in first verse Jeremiah 13 verse 1 thus saith the Lord unto me go and get thee a linen girdle and put it upon thy loins and put it not in water so I got a girl according to the word of the Lord and put it on my loins and the word of the Lord came on to me the second time saying take the girl that thou hast got which is upon thy loins and arise and go to Euphrates and hide it there in a hole of a rock so I went and I hid it by Euphrates as the Lord commanded me. And it came to pass after many days that the Lord said unto me, Arise, go to Euphrates and take the girl from thence which I commanded thee to hide there. Then I went to Euphrates and digged and took the girdle from the place where I had hid it. And behold, the girdle was marred it was marred it was profitable for nothing then the word of the Lord came unto me saying thus saith the Lord after this manner will I mar the pride of Judah and the great pride of Jerusalem so you see the Lord gave Jeremiah a picture of what he would do with Judah and Jerusalem 
He used that girdle to illustrate in a very vivid way to Jeremiah what the Lord was going to do. And here we have Agabus and he does something similar. He takes Paul's girdle and he binds it and he tells Paul the person that owns this girdle because that was Paul person that owns this girdle that's what will happen to him when he gets to Jerusalem he'll be bound hand and foot and so we've seen the prophetic words that the Lord spoke to Ananias when he told Ananias Paul is a chosen vessel unto me and I will show him what great things he must suffer for my name's sake and here those prophetic words were being fulfilled for when Paul would get to Jerusalem he would suffer many things as illustrated here <coughs> by the prophet Agabus and as prophesied by the Lord as well as the grace and the grief we see the warning was also genuine. It was not just a feeling that Agabus had about what Paul would suffer when he would get to Jerusalem. Because notice what Agabus said. Verse 11, Thus saith the Holy Ghost. So if the Holy Ghost said, that's what would happen then Paul was sure that indeed is what would happen because the message came from the Holy Ghost then the Lord Jesus and speaking about the Holy Ghost but the Holy Spirit he said how be it when he the Spirit of truth is come he will guide you into all truth John 16 and verse 13 and that's what Agabus was doing. He brought the truth to Paul. But then as we have noticed, <coughs> that truth had already been revealed to the Apostle Paul. What Agabus was doing, he was basically confirming what Paul had already been told. Look again at chapter 20. And the verse 22. And now behold I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me, are bonds and afflictions wait for me. The Holy Ghost told them that. And so Paul knew what was before him. And then he said in the next verse, none of these things move me. That word move. That word move means to shake to and fro. None of these things even make me shake. To shake to and fro or to stir up 
you could say Paul was as cool as a cucumber. What was lay, what lay before him did not move him, did not cause him to shake, did not cause him to tremble. There you have the picture of a courageous Christian. Such was Paul's burden to go there and deliver the gospel message to the people in Jerusalem. It could be said of Paul, he shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. And that was true of anyone that was true of Paul. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed trusting in the Lord Psalm 112 and verse 7 for Paul's heart was fixed on going to Jerusalem fixed on preaching the gospel to the people there he was a courageous Christian wasn't he none of these things caused me to tremble amazing As well as the warning for Paul, that leads us to consider the willingness of Paul. That's what we have in our text. For I am ready, I'm ready, not to be bound only, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Upon learning about what awaited him at Jerusalem, many tried to dissuade him from going. Verse 12. And when we heard these things, mark the words, when we heard, Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, includes himself in that. See? And when we heard those things, both we and they of that place besought him not to go to Jerusalem. And so Paul, or so Luke, here is speaking about himself and that company that was with Paul going from Caesarea to Jerusalem he's referring to that company and he's also referring to others who were in Caesarea and they tried to persuade Paul not to go to Jerusalem they they all obviously had a love for Paul because they wept they tried to Persuade him not to go, and they did so with tears. That a love for Paul. That leads us then to consider the challenge. That is, Paul challenged his friends. 
13. Paul answered, What mean ye to weep and to break my heart? He challenged them. Paul evidently appreciated the concern that his friends had for him. But their love and their concern for his safety <coughs> was not going to stop Paul going to Jerusalem. As far as the apostle was concerned, nothing by the grace of God, nothing would keep him back from going to Jerusalem to preach the gospel. He obviously had a burden for souls. That's what was compelling him to go. He was going in the will of God. He knew that. The Lord had confirmed it to Paul personally. The Lord had confirmed it to Paul through the prophet. He knew what was before him. And so why was he so determined to go? Because he had a burden for souls. He wanted to tell them about the Lord Jesus. And that burden was going to take him there. No matter what his friends said, in spite of their tears, in spite of what awaited him there, Paul said he would go bound in the Spirit. Paul was saying, I cannot do anything else. If I suffer, I suffer. And Paul knew that he would, but he was going to bring the gospel to those that never heard. That, of course, is what the Savior expected from his disciples. Luke 5 and verse 11 and when they had brought their ships to land they forsook all that's what Paul was doing he was forsaking all and following Christ and that of course included family and friends for those disciples to forsake all and Luke 18 just turn to Luke 18 and there we read in verse 28 then Peter said lo we have left all and followed thee and he said the Lord Jesus said unto them verily I say unto you there is no man that hath left house or parents or brethren or wife or children for the kingdom of God's sake who shall not receive manifold more in this present time and in the world to come life everlasting 
Peter said, we have left all. But the Lord said, I say unto you, there is no man that has left house or parents or brethren or wife or children for the kingdom of God's sake. In other words, that's what the Lord expected of his disciples. the Lord in another place that told them if you do not leave all and follow me you cannot be my disciple to be a disciple of the Lord to be a follower of Christ it takes courage it does need to be courageous so Paul was a man who was sold out to God sold out to God and no amount of pleading by his friends would stop him from going to Jerusalem he was determined to be there why? to bring the gospel that was it that was his driving force as I said knowing he was in the will of God and going but the driving force behind him going was a burden for souls. And Paul had, had people shed tears for him, as we have read, shed tears over him going to Jerusalem. Again, Paul was simply walking in the Savior's footsteps. because the Lord had people shed tears for him on his way to Jerusalem on his way to the cross remember what the Lord said Luke 23 verse 28 but Jesus turning unto them said daughters of Jerusalem weep not for me and so as the Lord had people weep for him as he made his way to the cross so Paul had people weep for him as he made his way to Jerusalem and there he would suffer many things you look at Paul and again you see a Christ likeness there because the Lord said prophetically in Isaiah 50 and verse 7 therefore have I set my face like a flint in other words the Lord was saying prophetically I'll be going to Jerusalem I'll be going to the cross I'll be suffering there and nothing will turn me <coughs> I have set my face as a flint nothing will cause me to turn aside and that was Paul too as well as the challenge that leads us now to his courage if we want to know what it is to have courage as a Christian well here it is in verse 13 for I am ready not to be bound only but also to die at Jerusalem 
to the name of the Lord Jesus there's courage there is courage you know some people some people think that to be a Christian that you somehow have to be weak you have to be a bit of a sissy if you like oh no I don't want that life well they really don't know what a Christian is the people who say that here's Paul, Paul's a Christian and yet he was told what would happen to him at Jerusalem and Paul says I am ready not to be bound only ready not to be jailed only but to die there's nothing sissy about that there's nothing weak about that Paul was a man of courage a man of courage just as Paul exhorted the Christians at Antioch to continue in the faith and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God there you are there's Paul talking about what it is to be a Christian that continue in the faith and that through much tribulation the believer will have much tribulation in his life if he lives out the night for the Lord no you live out the night for God you'll not go quietly into the kingdom of heaven you'll have much tribulation think of the reformers you talk about courage <coughs> there they stood chained to the stake and the Romanists piled the faggots around them and set them alight and there they stood chained to the stake and were burned to death before they would give up on Christ before they would deny the Lord you need to be courageous to do that you need to be strong to do that they were courageous Christians alright those men and looking at all that Paul suffered for the Lord and faced and endure every trial and tribulation he faced it all like a man he was no sissy he was a man given grace by God to go through what he went through just as the Lord told his disciples over in Matthew 10 there in Matthew 10 Lord told his disciples what they could expect Matthew 10 verse 16 Behold I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves and beware of men for they will deliver you up to the councils 
that they will scourge you in their synagogues. That's what you were to expect to be a disciple of the Lord. You need to be brave and courageous. That's what it is to be a Christian. To be a disciple of the Lord. As well as the challenge, the courage you have the cause. Notice again what Paul says in our text. For I am ready not to be bound only. Not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem. Why would he do that? For the name of Jesus Christ. That's why. That was his cause. There we have the cause for which Paul stood. The cause of the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ and his gospel. Now we know where Paul's courage came from. His courage came from Christ and the cause that he was standing for. And Paul said, this is what I will do. I will do it. I will go to Jerusalem. I will suffer what I have to suffer. And I'll do it for Christ. I'll do it for my Lord. Like the little chorus, I'll do it all for Jesus. I'll do it all for Jesus. I'll do it all for Jesus. Because he's done so much for me. That was Paul's testimony. Paul's friends, as we have seen, attended to dissuade him. Going to Jerusalem. But Paul had a cause to go. Christ was the cause. Remember David? Young man David, 17. He went to the battlefield to see how his brethren, his brethren were doing they're all standing afraid of Goliath one of his brothers challenged them what are you doing here go back and look after the sheep what did David say David said what have I now done is there not a cause His brethren didn't see it the way David saw. Is there not a cause? And what was the cause? It was the honor of his God, the honor of the God of Israel. And David wasn't going to stand there and have this giant of God defy the armies of Israel. That was his cause. Paul why are you going to go to Jerusalem knowing what awaits you there? Paul could say, is there not a cause? As far as Paul was concerned, Christ was the cause. I'm going there to do it for my Lord. So when we're called upon to take a stand for the Lord Jesus Christ, think of the cause. 
thing of the cause. And the honor of Christ is our cause. As well as the warning for Paul and the willingness of Paul, we have finally the welcome for Paul. When his friends could not persuade him not to go, we read verse 14, they said, The will of the Lord be done. Well, that's what Paul was in. He was in the will of the Lord. They surrendered themselves to the will of God as Paul had done already. And they say, None of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself. Notice something. We notice first of all the group. Look at verses 15 and 16. So after they had said the will of the Lord be done. Verse 15. And after those days we took up our carriages or our luggage and went to Jerusalem. There went with us also certain of the disciples of Caesarea and brought with them one Mason of Cyprus, an old disciple with whom we should lodge. You read that carefully. What do you see? And after those days we took up our carriages and went to Jerusalem. We, including Luke, he was in that company, that group that were with Paul and Caesarea. That group then made their way to Jerusalem. They went with Paul. Plus, this man, Mason of Cyprus, an old disciple, well he wasn't afraid about going to Jerusalem in spite of what he and the others had been told it tells me that no one is too old that they cannot serve the Lord but what we want to notice here is this we might ask ourselves the question why did that group of the Lord's or of Paul's friends why did they seek to dissuade him from going but now they do go with him what was it changed their mind was it not seeing the courage of Paul surely that was an example to them Paul was ready to go ready to be imprisoned ready to die if that was the case and they saw the courage of this man Paul and was it not that that spoke to them saying that Paul was in the will of God 
How could they stand in this way? And so they joined Paul. His courage had evidently spoken to them. Remember our model text for this year can be applied to this group. Be strong and of a good courage. Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. That was it. They were going to Jerusalem and the Lord was going with them. There's many reasons why they got the courage to go. Followed Paul's example. And they knew the Lord would be with them. And they knew Paul was in the will of God and going. They all became courageous Christians. As well as the group you have the gladness verse 17 and when we were come to Jerusalem the brethren received us gladly glad to see them what a different reception that was for Paul then and the first time he went to Jerusalem soon after his conversion they were all afraid of him they thought he was there to arrest them Acts 9 verses 23 to 26 but here was the difference things had changed Paul had become a Christian himself the brethren no longer doubted that Paul was a truly converted individual his life proved that his life proved that and so when we live for the Lord and conduct ourselves for the Lord over the years people not the doubting are salvation say well there's, a, there's certainly a true Christian man a true Christian woman but when they arrived they received him gladly what a time of fellowship Charles Wesley said to his brother John said that no people like God's people and that's true there's no people like God's people so you have the group and then you have the gladness and then you have the glory verses 19 and 20 and when he had saluted them he declared particularly what things God had wrought among the Gentiles by his ministry and when they heard it they glorified the Lord and said unto him thou sayest brother how many thousands of Jews there are which believe and they are all zealous of the law they glorified God but you notice something what Paul said there what things God has wrought among the Gentiles by my ministry no he didn't seek the glory for himself he gave glory to God talked about what God had wrought among the Gentiles 
by his minister. He was the instrument in the hand of God. That's what we want to be, instruments in the hand of the Lord to be Lord, to be used by the Lord. Such was this man, Paul the Apostle, a courageous Christian. Believer, we may not suffer what Paul suffered for being a Christian, but nevertheless, let us be courageous. Remember the cause. <coughs> the cause is Christ. His honor and his glory. And the Lord bless his word to our hearts. Let's bow in prayer. Oh dear loving Father, we do bless thee again for the word. These things are written for our learning. We thank you Lord for the life and testimony of this man Paul. And many lessons he's able to teach us. Lord, help us to be courageous like Paul. Not to bow or to bend, but to stand straight and upright for the crown rights of King Jesus. For he is our cause. Is there not a cause? Yes, there is. Christ is our cause. His honor and his glory. Again, dear Lord, write thy word upon our hearts. Bless us, Lord. I pray throughout this we keep thy hand upon us. Again, Lord, keep each one here and family represented here healthy and well. Continue thy healing touch upon those who have been led outside of this and comfort those that mourn. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit abide and remain with us now and forevermore. Amen.